Yeah, welcome, welcome to Podcasters Unleashed. And um, we're here again to talk about um, something which is very personal to each and every one of us on this co- on this planet called Earth. And um, to discuss the topic today about financial freedom and what it means to you and um, how you feel about finance, how you feel about freedom, personal freedom, all these kind of questions when it comes to financial freedom. So I have today my amazing co-host, and um, they will have to like introduce themselves. Carla, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Victor. Um, I'm Carla, and I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is a podcast for parents and teachers of kids between the ages of five and 14 years old. And we're also joined by Matilda. Over to you, Matilda. Hello everyone, this is Matilda. I'm the host of Podcasters um, Coffee with Matilda, a journey to self and also Podcasters Unleashed sometimes. <laughs> and uh, I'm my podcast is about loving yourself, finding yourself and uh, coming out of difficult time in a, in a good shape. And over to you, Simon. Hi, I'm Simon from, uh, with my podcast, Taxi Chronicles, and Africa Investor Stories. If you want to hear a real-life story from a real rider, tune in every day at 8, 8 a.m. GMT time. And for Africa Investor Stories, you hear about real investors from around the world and their experience of what it's like to invest in Africa, you can tune into um, Africa Investing Stories. Investor Stories. Over to you, Nelson. And hi, I'm Nelson, Nelson Zambrano uh, with Investing in America, where we talk about how to invest in the United States. And also, I have incredible interviews with uh, awesome entrepreneurs, and we get to learn about their life stories and their, and their incredible business, business practices. And uh, Victor, back to you. Yeah, thank you, Nelson. So as you can see, we are, we are kind of an eclectic mix from all over the world. We have people from Armenia, Florida, the, the UK, so we are just from all over the world. And today we have one of our co-hosts, who is Hala. She's unfortunately, unfortunately, she couldn't be with us due to technical issues. But next week, don't worry, you see her. Yes, moving on, we'll be talking about this topic today called, um, which, is, which is very, very important to 99.9% of this world. Everyone wakes up in, in the morning, think about finance, think about how to make money. But there is this often, um, most of the times we don't really like to talk about financial freedom or how to like, is there a way, is it a myth? So see, what we'll be talking about today is that it's about money. How much money do you think can make you be financially free? infinitely you can't just like not actually sit on the beach you want to sit on the beach that's cool people do that but today we'll be talking about financial freedom simon what does financial freedom means to you thank you for that victor um financial freedom actually in the on google uh, and i shall quote what it says it says financial freedom is having enough residue income to cover your expenses. It is not about being rich and having tons of money, but having enough to cover your expenses so that you can spend your precious time doing what you like rather than doing just, um, sorry, things that you just earn. Now, for me, that is very personal. I used to, I had, I had invested in Africa before. And from my experience of invest, investing in Africa, it, forgive me. My experience of investing in Africa, I had my own businesses and I had a gym, car hire, a clothing line, and a fleet of tuk tuk. And you could say I was financially free because I knew income was coming in. I had four different kinds of income, and most entrepreneurs have at least seven who are very successful. But there was also the burden of making sure everything was ticking over, unlike uh, when I was employed, all I have to do is turn up to work and do what I'm asked, and I guarantee that in England to get a paycheck. 
where this one, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. And I did have the privilege of being able to drop my son to school, pick him up, um, uh, be on the beach with him every day. All these kind of really luxurious lives where I was free. Um, I also believe, for me, financial freedom is not having to worry about the bills. So I would say I personally would like to have at least six months of my bills covered in advance. That's not including savings. And that is a goal that I'm always working to. So I'm not the best with money in certain circumstances. <laughs> not, probably not the best thing to say about it as an investor. But um, you've got to be truthful to yourself. So that would be my my personal experience of what I would say, because you do help mentally, you feel empowered if it's all going well. You you know, walk in, people greet you as a boss. Um, any, people come to you with business ideas, business decisions, uh, and all those kind of things. So you do feel, yeah, this is great. Yeah, I can take this. I don't want that deal. I'll have some of that, and all those kind of things. Um, back over to you, yeah. Victor. Yeah, I think I think I think I quite understand what you're saying because it gives you that that freedom to to pick and choose whatever you want to do. But let's hear from Carla. What does financial freedom yeah. mean to you? Yeah, it's pretty much what Simon said. But also, being a mom, I've always been pretty much the provider for my kids, and and I think it provides you with a lot of stress when you're continually having to provide for kids and you're chasing you know you're kind of chasing everything all the time and running to keep up with the bills and making sure that you cover everything and balancing budgets and all of that and it can take away from um the enjoyment in life so for me I would say that financial freedom is being able to have that balance between having those expenses met and being able to have some money left over to be able to enjoy or to share and to um maybe explore different ideas like Simon was saying if you've got a business idea or something you've you've got the bills are paid and you've done everything you need to do but maybe you've got something extra to explore some new ideas and build something for the future to invest and um, maybe help other people who are less fortunate as well I think for me financial freedom would include things like that yeah, that's great. You know, you just mentioned about you providing for your kids and as a woman. Do you do you do you agree, Matilda? Do you agree with what Simon just said and um, or, and Carla? If not, why? And there's a second question coming for there's a second question that is following up. So let me should I drop that in? Do you think women should seek financial freedom? Well, um, yeah, so I, I agree with Simon and uh, Carla. I think it's very important when when uh, once you are on a survival mode, you cannot even create things because um, a lot of your energy is going to just make the means. And uh, I think for a woman, that's a very stressful, for a man as well, it's a very stressful position to be. But I think every human being has to experience it because you learn a lot. You learn a lot. And um, I've been in those situations many times in my life. And I think it's uh, important. Also, I've never been financially free. Uh, it's something that I'm working on it. Uh, am I going to get to that point? I don't know. Uh, it's something that I always think you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, without thinking about the finances. And, uh, and then you can just think about, um, you know, being with your family a lot, uh, things that makes you a lot of, uh, brings a lot of enjoyment for you and maybe create something for other people since you have the means for it uh, so other people can enjoy it. Um, it's something that I'm working on it. Um, I, how, when I'm going to get to it, I don't know. Um, also, something very interesting, Armenian, do you have my picture? I mean, I think I'm frozen. Yeah. Uh, right, Matilda, your video yeah. is frozen, but we can hear you perfectly. Okay, great. The word in Armenian, uh, homemaker, that it's a woman that stays home and takes care of the family, uh, calls Dunzet, which is the only language that the economist and the homemaker is the same word. Uh, 
And I thought about it. It's such a fascinating thing that because in lots of Armenian households, uh, the man works, man brings the money, and the woman uh, decides where and how to spend that money. And I think for a woman, it's a very important element. We need to teach our young children, our young adults, female adults, how to be, how to know their finances because um and also they need to study very hard and i was actually last podcast uh, our last show i was keep saying our young girls needs, instead of chasing uh kardashian look and being on instagram and i don't know taking pictures of this and naked pictures and uh, worrying about their lips and their body they have to worry about have the best education that they can so they can uh, work so they can work and they can have financial independence. That's very important. When a woman can work and a woman can understand finances, that family is very successful. Maybe the woman doesn't need to work, but she knows any second if the man treats her bad, she can come out and work. And that's a beautiful, that's a very strong um, attribute for a woman. So they don't stay in an abusive relationship. When they say no, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I don't know, you keep, you keep, anyways, that's, that's a story for another time. When you mentioning the Kardashians, they are financially free and they're doing what they're doing. So, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't ignore their, you can't ignore their business acumen if I use it like that. So, but that's yeah, the story they're financially free. Yes, they're financially free, but how you receive, how you gain that respect and financial freedom is a key. Lots of, lots of uh, people who are doing drugs, who are uh, prostitutes, who are uh, sex trafficking, they're financially free. But are yeah, they honorable? Absolutely. It's a questionable. I totally agree with you. Yeah, Nelson, we have some comments. Do you mind before you? Yeah. Your, yeah. yeah. Let me let me let me take these. Actually, we've got about three or four comments. So I'm gonna ask Carl if you can put them up. Okay, from Ruth Shaban. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Hello, Ruth. And, hello, Ruth. Ruth is one of our our, our steady uh, ongoing listeners here. Anders Cardell, safety, reduced stress possibility to spend time on passionate interests and being able to be creative. Yes, have that time we spoke about. Akram MR, financial freedom, any income you can make from free business to use in your life needs. In your life needs, sometimes this situation better than traditional marketing or jobs. We're going to talk about that a little bit, and, and uh, Victor's going to bring that up. Uh, the word is the rabbit yeah. for that one. Okay, and yeah. any other comments? So, yeah. No, no, no. This, this one is for you, Nelson. Okay. See, Simon, Simon spoke about something which is which is very, very radical. She, he, just, um, he said that he needs to get at least six months of expenses. So, do you think do you think financial freedom is a myth? Do you think it's a host? Do you think it's possible? Because if he, if he wants six months, that means it's not free for the next, it's free for just six months. And after six months, he's back into it. Right. So, okay, first of all, that's a really good question. Um, that is a part on a way to financial freedom, right? So is it a myth? No, it's not. Uh, why? It's all a math equation, right? At the end of the day, it is a math equation. Um, financial, so it, it's not a myth. It's a math equation. Um and on Simon's part, that is important to have that reserve there because that is a component to it, right? Um, as you're working towards that, it's good to have a reserve just in case. Um, if if we have cars and you get a flat tire and you don't have a spare tire, guess what? You're stuck. So those six months is that spare tire to get us out of wherever jam we're in when we get a flat tire. So um, like I said, it's it's a it's a math equation. And uh, it is definitely not a myth. It is definitely possible. Um, just not through traditional means, as Akram Mr. said. Uh, if you're depending on a job or a business where we must show up on a daily basis, then that becomes very difficult. So back to you, Victor. Wow. Just to add in there, Victor. Yeah. Hello, Victor. Just to add yeah, in go there. Ahead. Go, go ahead, go ahead. 
people's circumstances depend on their personal um, circumstances. So for us who have many kids, yeah, you can't be telling your kids, um, I haven't got your school money or dinner money or, or whatever they're going to need. So um, if I'm a single man with no children and I'm in my 20s and I'm in a society like Britain where we've got um, NH, free healthcare, free rent, free, all these stuff that's free, I can kind of sit back on my laurels and just live hand to mouth. But in other countries and other places, um, it's totally different where you have to be thinking, oh, I need to have this in this period of time. Uh, education may not be free. You always need to have some backup money for healthcare um, and all those things. I will state from my time in living in Africa, um, and in the rural areas, a lot of a lot of things were depending on a lot of things were depending on uh, the local village community. So if somebody died, the burden of burying that person wasn't just on you; it was on your whole village community. So everybody put in for that thing. So it's like a, a, when that old African saying, "It takes a village to raise a child," is very true because um, it expands even to in adulthood. As long as you're part of that community, they will help you based on certain circumstances. Obviously, you don't take liberties of those um, situations. Some people do. But mm -hmm. generally, you're not just on a bit to laugh at. But obviously, you're not on your own in that respect. I know. What you're saying, what you're saying is so true. It happens to my grandma, my great-grandma, sorry. So... See, they just, when someone passes away, they just like, um, the whole village comes together and they share, okay, this is the expenses and they share for all the houses, all the family needs to chip in. So you're so right. Nelson, you had something to say now. Yeah, uh, just right quick. So what Simon was talking about right there. So let's say in England, right? And he was giving that one specific example. He says, where if a person has free healthcare and free this, free that, they can just sit on the laurels. So to me, my perception is that has a lot to do with a person's financial mindset. Some people might say, hey, I can sit back and not do anything. Another person might say, this is a huge advantage I have and I can still work as hard as I need to because I know I've got that covered and I've got a leg up on becoming financially independent. So some people may say that, may look at that and say, hey, I can just chill out. Other people may say, that's an opportunity for me to take advantage of. So the our mindset, financial mindset, our outlook um, has also something to do, uh, an impact on it as well. So those are two different yeah, mindsets. Same situation, two different mindsets. Oh, that's great. So mindset has, has a lot to play with it. And I wanted to tie this into what Matilda said about women. Um, need to be more financially literate or more financially astute. So I'll bring them into the family into the family setting. And Carla, you've been working with kids for a long time. Do you think, um, what do you think finance needs to be discussed in the family setting or for kids? When do you think they need to start learning about finance? As soon as they start asking for stuff. <laughs> I always say kids need to learn about money as soon as they have got enough sense to ask them to buy them something. Then you can start giving them this information um, to help them to understand how money works. Um, I remember when my daughters were young and they would say, when I would say I didn't have any money or I wasn't going to buy something, they would say, just go to the cash machine. And I remember having to stop them and explain to them that the, there isn't a limitless supply of money in the cash machine, that the money is actually put in there by somebody from somewhere. It's not just a hole in the wall that you can just go and because they thought that you just went to the wall and you just keyed in and the money just came out and you could do that whenever you wanted. And I realized that I had been giving them that idea somehow and I'd forgotten to tell them that the money was actually my wages and that I got paid for my job for, and that's how I got the money. Um, and that was when they were about five, six years old that I remember having that conversation. Um, and yeah, I think it's an ongoing thing. You have to start it at a young age as soon as they start asking or having demands. And you have to reason with them and explain um, your financial circumstances sometimes. And I know people can get um, uncomfortable with that because they maybe they want their kids to believe that they have more than they have. Or maybe they don't want their kids to know how much they have. It, it just depends on their circumstances. 
Um, but I think the more you talk to them about it, the more you explain, the more you get them involved in things like having a budget and um, making money stretch, you know, when they get pocket money and things like that, you teach them about the choice of either spending it all today and then having lots of days with nothing until you get your pocket money again, or measuring it out and having a budget. And I think if you can teach them that from a young age, it helps them as they get older, when they get higher amounts of money, um, which I also remember with my daughters. I remember one of my daughters just blowing all her pocket money on the first day and then continually borrowing money. And she'd be like, oh, can I get this until I get my pocket money next time? And you know what's funny about that? She grew up to be exactly the same. When she got her first job, she would keep spending her wages and keep borrowing money. And the other one, she was completely different. So she was really good at budgeting and spreading her money. Um, and But I, I realized after that that was about more to do with them and their own personal way rather than what I taught them. And so with my son now, this big gap, I've got much more experience to be able to talk to him about money and explain to him things like how his actions now, like when he's a bit lazy, I will tie that into his earning money later, which sometimes it sounds a bit mean, but I have to let him know that his character also has a lot to do with his financial situation in later life. Um, and I think all of it ties in together is just giving them that, not only the knowledge of money, but also the sense of their own character and how your behavior sometimes can impact your finances, i.e. if you're a lazy person, you don't really have a work ethic, it's not likely that you're ever gonna become financially free or even good with money. So, yeah. That is, that is really grounded. So Matilda, do you, do you, were you taught about finance when you were growing up? Uh, no. I don't think I was, and I don't know, in Iranian um, school system, and I think it's a lot of school system in the world, uh, we were studying physics, math, and chemistry, things that I don't even remember what I was studying, and I wish I was studying about money. Uh, I wish uh, I was learning about how to save some money, how to budget your money properly so you can be financially free. I think um, right now, I think the, with the new generation, I hope the education system will be in a way that they will teach some essential tools for students and not only concentrate, I mean, mathematics, I mean, calculus is great but also a financial knowledge is great as well so they can manage their life more easily later on hey oh, yeah. and um i'd oh, okay. like to read out some incredible comments can we okay she speaks finally okay i love it um how do the men Ooh. be on the panel feel about their wives or wife earning more than them do they still feel financially free? Likewise, how do the women feel about earning less than their husbands? Should, should we answer that question first, Victor? Or? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's answer this because I really want to answer this as well. So go. I, I, I well, to me, I'm not marrying Oprah Winfrey because I, I feel as a man, I should be able to support my family. And it's all very well a, a lady. Um, doing successful, I'm all for that. I've got a daughter, but I'm not going to sit on my ass or be in a situation where the woman, like, it's just not going to work for me. I'm <laughs> put it like that. It's just not going to work for me. What do you mean it's not going to work for you? Meaning that as a yeah, man, I feel that come that down, the funny thing is i don't know why material is asking from some of the stuff she said about a man must do this and a man must do that a real man <laughs> no, no, no. i'm just trying to understand if you're okay, going to be then. okay or not that what i'm saying is generally um as yeah, a man, so yeah i'm i'm here hold on yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing goes. Simon is gone. Uh. No. No. So, so, oh, I just want to make sure, Simon. Are, are you? You're. You're wrapped up. Yeah, Simon? Don't worry. I, because obviously there's time, and um, Nelson, it's going to be over to you. I've said my bit, really. I think you're probably going to say you know you and uh, Victor are going to probably talk along the same lines of what I'm talking. Um, <laughs> well. Well. In that case. In that case, I'll let Victor go first. Then I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, um, let me take this now. 
how do I feel if my wife is any more than me? You know, I won't feel it's okay, but it's gonna be for a short while. Yeah, so yeah, if it's coming, if it's coming as a support, if it's coming as support, when because we know we have ups and downs, so sometimes the down period can come in. No worries about that. But you don't have to sit. I won't be sitting down doing nothing about it. Because I like, as I've said over and over again, I like strong women. So I don't want any, you know. Yeah, it's good because we, if we, we, we have, we have a plan. So as we are going, yeah. I don't care if she's holding it for. The, if she's holding it down, let me use the word. If she's holding it down for some time. Yeah, cool. She can earn 10, 5, 20 times more than me. So long we're going to the same direction, I don't care. But I won't let it last for a long time because I'm a man and it's not it's not supposed to be. But it's not but it is not supposed to be like that. That is what I would say. Um, she finally speaks. Or she speaks finally. So Nelson, what do you have to say about this? Yeah, so um, so the first question, how do the men on the panel feel about their wives earning more than them? That's all hypothetical here. And Simon said he wouldn't go out with Oprah free. So I've been texting her back and forth. Simon, I'm sorry, I, I knocked you out. You know, uh, so, so, you know, Simon, I, I appreciate you stepping to the side, giving me that opportunity with Oprah. Um, in all seriousness, uh, I was married before and my wife did earn a lot more than I did. Um, she earned about four or five times more than I made. Um, so she earned a lot more than I made. Um, having said that, it did not impact me one bit. Why? Because I knew I was pulling my weight, um, even though massive income also had massive debt, massive mismanagement. And in a year I had brought all of our expenses, all of our debts down, everything except for the mortgage. So she knew that Nelson is was a multiplier, right? Because I didn't look at it like that was my, my value was the fact that you're growing broke with your five times making more than I do. And I brought all those debts down, okay? So it, it, it's like, what else does a person bring to the table, you know, right, right there? Um, so I, I, that's how I kind of looked at that. I, I didn't view it as, well, I should be more, I, I have my value that I bring. So, um, so that, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I know you're itching. You, oh, are, you, are, are you done, Nelson? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a very that's good point. Though, now, oh, ah, sorry, Victor, a quick one. A lot of people can earn a lot of money, but it's really about how much how you handle it is, um, to, to what really matters. Sorry, back to you, Victor. Yeah, and, and you know yeah. what? Hold, hold on a second here. Just something that Car uh, Carla said. She said that the kids would say the cash machine, right? So the kids actually think, right, that there's this machine that makes cash. So guess what? So my ex, she would treat the ATM like it was a cash machine, like this machine actually just spit out cash. And it's not just a kid's thing. It's an adult thing, too. That's not a machine that just somehow it magically makes cash. But you just made me laugh about that, Carla. So, uh, you know, kind of back to you, Victor and Matilda. Okay. Uh, Matilda, you know you're itching to, to yeah, go, have a go. I have, I have <laughs> a question, uh, Nelson. Uh, you said you were married before. Do you think this was one of the issues? No. <laughs> no, no. It, it, it definitely was, was not an issue. This was not an issue. Very good. In my opinion, as a as a woman, I think depends what the woman is doing. If she's working from the morning at night to provide for the family, maybe it's a different ball game. But if she's, I don't know, a very she's a very um, successful CEO and she doesn't need to work that many hours and she can contribute at home and still have her relaxed time, then maybe why not? I think a woman that works a lot to provide for the family and the husband is not providing that much and, uh, for after a while, it can be problematic. I don't think the woman will have the respect for him. Uh, I think she will lose the respect for him. But maybe she's not doing much. I mean, she has very high education. And maybe she doesn't need to do much. And with a couple of phone calls and I don't know, 
some um, couple of hours of work, then she's gonna make more money than, you know, still she will have the time to take care of herself, to be part of the family, to be a mother and not burn herself out for the family. So then that's a different ball game. But I think women like a stronger man, stronger than them. They want a leader. Um, and and just standing, you know, I, I guess Carl will go, I was just say we have to define strong man, right? There has to be a definition of that, a definition of, of leader and strong man. Um, and what does that leadership consist of? And I just had to throw that in there. Um, Carla, Carla, to you and Victor, I'm, excuse me. Yeah, Carla, go ahead. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in answer to how do women feel about earning less than their husband, I think it's not an issue of whether or not you earn less as a woman. I think it's more an issue of whose money goes where and what kind of discussion and arrangement you have about that money and how it's managed. I think the problems come in relationships, not according to the earnings, but according to the roles and responsibility. And I'm quite traditional. I do believe that it's the man's responsibility to, to maintain a family. Once you've got a, a stable relationship and children are gonna become involved in that relationship, I think it's the man's job. Why? Because long-term women are not going to be able to be, um, in a traditional sense, are not able to be the breadwinner and the housewife and the mother. And being a mother, having been a mother, I've got three children, I know how difficult it is for you to maintain a household, keep the money coming in, work. It's, you feel like it's, it's great when, you've, when you first have a job as a woman and you feel very empowered. But when you have that responsibility to build a house and maintain the house and make the money and look after the children and be the nurturer, it's, it becomes too much. And I think you have to have a conversation um, between you as a couple about who's responsible for what. And I, and I think if, if I'm in a relationship with a man and he's not responsible for providing and keeping the house stable financially, I'm not sure what he is responsible for unless he's completely going to swap roles with me and stay home and look after the child. And I haven't seen that work well yet. It didn't work for me and I haven't seen it work well for anyone else. I just feel that it's not the way it's supposed to be. And I know people will challenge that, but I think it is less about what you earn, but where it goes. And I think the man's job is to be the provider and the stabilizing influence. And if the woman's income needs to supplement that, then that's fair enough, but not a long-term, she's the one that makes um, the house run because for me, there just wouldn't be a role for the man to play in that. Controversial, I know. Back to you, Victor. Okay, and from Anders Cardell, the perspective is different depending on if you're a single parent that lacks a strong family network with several economic obligations or a single guy with good family conditions. And I think this is going back to Simon's original uh, uh, question comment. Anders Cardell, uh, in Sweden, I meet a lot of single mothers with low income that struggle to get a child a proper winter jacket while also meeting some successful guys that waste, I guess he's saying waste is in, not frugal, the same amount of amount that the single mother spends for extra needs in a year and one weekend. So I guess he's talking about the difference in, in incomes. No problem uh, from Anders Cardell, no problem with a rich woman my contact information is. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Anders. Yay. <laughs> and Simon, oh, you're no. a dinosaur, which is a very, which, which, is a, which is a very diplomatic way of saying you're going extinct from Anders Cardell. Um, and Anders Cardell, I like, I like strong women, but not too strong. Uh, see, now it's been picky. I know it, so that's fine. <laughs> she speaks finally. So in other words, the men on the panel are intimidated by women who have more money, and yet she may be able to share the wealth for you and your family. Um, just to qualify that, uh, she speaks finally. I am not intimidated. I was married to a woman who made a lot more money than I did. So the women on the panel, uh, so there we go. I don't think right. you, she she actually heard what, what we said, but... Right. Anyways, nobody nobody here is intimidated by any woman who makes more money. So one more comment yeah. from Oritse Matosan Ometi. What does it really mean when we talk financial freedom? An entrepreneur could be doing 
earning well 500,000 pounds a year, while a JP Morgan full-time staff earns 5 million a year. Who is financially free? And that is a fantastic question. Oritsma Tosan Ometi, don't bother about the name. The name's Tosan. Okay. <laughs> Anders Cordell. So we got two questions to answer there. Um, and I got some homework on names to do. Um, and Anders Cordell, hey, hey, now you're all a part of reproducing traditional gender roles. Okay. And she speaks finally, there is no I in team. And if we're possible, the men and women should work together, building abundance so that they can enjoy both the fruits of their labor. Boom. And, yeah, so uh, nothing. Um, okay. Let's say Tosa, Tosa, uh, Meti just asked a very cool question now. Who is more, who is actually free? Because one, one of them is, is tied up to the question I was going to ask you, which is the rat race. Get so who is actually free? The one that is who is in the rat race. Let's go from there. Who is in the rat race to start with? The one 500k JP uh, 5 million JP Morgan or the entrepreneur 500k Apano. Okay, Simon. Okay, well, I would go with the entrepreneur because the entrepreneur, his or, or her time is their own more than their own. With J.P. Morgan, you work, I, I, like in my taxi, I have a lot of J.P. Morgan people. They work mad, mad hours. I start, I get in the taxi at 4.30 in the morning and they're going, they're my first customers and they don't get back until 6, 7 in the evening. They're working mad hours, they're totally committed and it's a rat race in a big bucket. Life is a rat race, as Bob Marley said, but if you can dictate how much you earn, where you earn, and the hours you work, and still do the quality time with your family, pick up the kids. Um, you don't have to give excuses um, because, sorry, you don't have to. You can still do the things you need to do with your wife because you don't have to work late. Um, that is more financially free, and um, yeah, that would be my perspective take on it. Okay. So, 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 so the question is, Nelson, do you agree with, um, with, with, um, with Simon? And also, can you explain the term, the rat race for us? How does it apply yeah. to this very circumstance? Right. So let's answer the term rat race first. Uh, a rat race, you could say, is the, this is the definition, right? It's the, the endless, self-defeating, pointless pursuit um, that equals humans right? Being on a, like on a treadmill, right? Uh, trying to get the reward of cheese in vain uh, because it's this competitive struggle to not just to stay ahead, but to, you know, kind of keep up with the Joneses. That's the rat race. It, it's to, you know, I got to keep up with the next guy, uh, so to speak. And, um, and for me in the rat race, uh, be between the uh, entrepreneur making a half a million pounds a year and the J.P. Morgan guy, uh, to me, neither one are financially free. Okay, they're both kind of in the, they, they both haven't reached that level where they can break apart unless they've done other things, and they can continue to make that income because they're there because they want to be there. And if J.P. Morgan were to say goodbye or this guy's company goes bust, they can still maintain that level of life or ring it down a bit and it's not substantially hurt. So to me, they're both kind of in the rat race, just at different levels. So there's no, there, there, there's no, there's no freedom there. Is that what you're saying? Well, just based upon what I'm reading. So for example, the JP Morgan guy, you know, yeah, he's making five million a year. Is he living as if he's making five million a year and spending six million, or is he living like one million and he's banking four, and he's putting four to work somewhere else? You see what I mean? So there's there's a difference. It's that's just not enough information. And the the entrepreneur guy is he living like he's making six million or six hundred thousand? You, you see what I mean? Or is he living like he's making a hundred? He's banking four. And he's got other businesses going, other sources of income going. I, I don't know, but just based on this, they're both in the rat race. Okay, what do you think, Matilda? Let me get let me get your perspective. 
Um, yeah, I think uh, Nelson is right. Uh, when you're working that hard and you don't have any security, uh, what does it mean? Doesn't matter. You make ten million even a year if you're you don't have any backup. What kind of a um, financial security you have? Uh, financial freedom comes with the security that you know, no matter what, you have that money. You can enjoy it. You can relax. If you have to work really hard every day, every morning, and you have a bus, you have to answer that bus, and a lot of other people, and your nerves are going, your health is on the line, but you have to do it because you have bills to pay, then, okay, you're making $5 million, and then what? Um, or maybe that entrepreneur, maybe he's working 18 hours a day to make that money. Is, is he successful? We don't know. Um, if... Again, if his uh, make if his bills are hundred thousand dollar and he's making five hundred, then maybe yeah. But uh, some people they spend more than they have, so that's why I think financial education is very important. It's not how much you make, as I think Simon said at the beginning. It's how you spend the money that you have, the way you spend it. Okay. Yeah, let me let me let me paint let me paint this picture for you, Carla, which is in a, just just a couple of words. You see, when you go to say you go to work, and um, at work say about midday before lunch, and the boss tells you to go clean the toilet three the third for the third time that morning, can you just say yes, ma, yes, sir, or you just say you know what? Let's 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 end this. And you just say, you know, a few, and just hit the door. Can I? You know? <laughs> yeah, of yes. course I can. Of course I can. The Let question me... you're asking me is, am I ready to face the consequences when I do that, right? Because that's yeah. the real issue. I can do whatever mm -hmm. I want and say whatever I want, and I can refuse to do any job if I want to, but am I ready to face mm -hmm. the consequences is the real decision. And if I'm not... And I need, I feel if I feel in my mind or whatever in my circumstances that I need that job, then I have to just suck it up or find another way around it and just get on with my job. Um, I think that's what you're asking me, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is part of that is typically the rat race we're talking about. Yeah. You but also, you know what? You know what, Victor? I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing. And I have an issue with this concept of everybody wanting to be financially free, because if everybody was financially free, there would be no employees. And so therefore, the, the system of financial freedom in itself wouldn't exist. Not everyone can have passive income and have um, lots of money stacked up so that they can meet their living expenses without working for a in a nine to five job. So I think we have to kind of discuss that a bit more balanced in that sense, because some people need a job or some people want a job um, and some people enjoy the actual earning a living. It gives them a sense of satisfaction and also a sense of purpose in their life. Um, it may not be for everyone, but if it is for you, then obviously you would need to know how to get yourself out of that nine to five job um, to be able to have that passive income and get that financial freedom. But not everybody wants it. I think that's the reality. Yeah, but you know, you know, I would, I would not totally agree with that because, you know, the current people actually, so there are some people who really love their job. They can be working eighteen hours a day; they don't care because they love their job. But the recent times that we are right now, you can't, you can't afford not to find a way to put something on the side. Because we had COVID for the past eighteen months now. Or less than 18 months now it shook the world from its foundation you see earnings go from from 100 to zero overnight there were global 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 disasters when it comes to the economy so i don't think you can actually afford it is it should be a human right yeah let me say that financial freedom should be a human right for everyone to be free yeah let's go nelson but victor um, I will say this, from my personal experience, I've worked with a dustman, I've worked with many um, key worker jobs, um, delivering money, just driving, and a lot of those people are happy. They're much more happy than the people I've worked with in the corporate world. And uh, I'll give you an example, when I was a student and I was doing a white world delivery job, delivering, picking up lots of money and delivering it, 
I said to some other guy who's much older than me, but oh, why don't you, you can do uni. He said, why do I need to do that? I don't need to do that. I'm all right. I've got my house. I've got a boat on the canal where I sit there. I do imaginary fishing. The wife is happy. She's got what she wants. We've got a job, got a pension, got income. And I know what I have to do. If I get the job done quickly, I finish early, job or not. And I've met people whose ambition was to be a dustman, whose ambition was to be um, whatever key worker. And they're a lot, lot more happier than the JP Morgan lot that when I used to go and pick up all their confidential waste, they'll look at you. At first, I thought they were looking at me because I was a black person in the office. This is the late 80s. <laughs> but no, they were bored. They were just bored. They were bored and they're frustrated and their face. There's a whole atmosphere in there was unhealthy. And I bet you today that atmosphere is there's probably still there. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to read out a comment, but what Simon just said is a perfect example of the rat race. Um, the those the last example is a perfect example of the rat race. So I'm going to read up the comment um, from Akram Mr. In fact, now discussing the effects of financial in different situations between partners. So the financial can become problems or successful. The value comes regarding the relationship between partners. How much it's strong, how much, how much it's strong, how much must be successful by any financial case or situation. Um, and I think there was another one. Here it goes. Yes, from She Speaks Finally. Don't live a champagne lifestyle on lemonade money. Save and, if possible, create a passive income where you can make money in your sleep. Then maybe you can be financially free. From, well, let's just call you Tosa since we're friends now. Um, I appreciate that insight of living 6 million life while earning 5 million or living a $100,000 life while earning 500000 We should just do one right thing is what I take from this. Okay. Yeah. I don't, right, um, yeah, for me, financial freedom, I don't think it's about, it's, it's fine, it's about the money, but it's not about the amount of money. For me, it's not about the amount of money. Some people want a million dollars. To me, that is just like, you know, pie in the sky, if it comes to me. So for me, I don't need that much. What I need monthly is quite tiny just for me to live the lifestyle that I actually want to live. So does it do do you do any of you have this any any plan towards being financially free? Or Carla, are we really free? Let me ask you that. Are we really free? See, I don't think so. I don't think you're ever financially free because I don't think there's ever an amount of money that's going to make up for the things that happen. I know we mentioned about COVID and maybe maybe some people were better off or were able to respond better to the COVID situation because they had some savings, for example. But then there were also lots of people that lost their savings. There were also lots of people that had to use those savings to deal with health issues or to deal with other tragedies or other events that happened in their lives. So I'm not sure about this concept of being free in any capacity, never mind financially free. While I do understand having savings and the logic and the wisdom, I think that's just basic wisdom. Having some savings and not spending all your money is wisdom. It always has been. It's not a new concept. Um, that's as old fashioned as money itself, isn't it? Um, so I understand that aspect of it, but I don't I don't agree with the concept of money being related to freedom. I think freedom is more about your your mindset and also about your relationships uh, with money, your relationship with money, your also your relationship with yourself and how and what money means to you in relation to things like your self-esteem um, and your self-image, that, that kind of thing that we were talking about last week, but also your relationships with other people. I think the concept of having lots of savings to make up for when bad things happen is also connected to the society where money becomes the solution to everything. I think if you have a social system and you have a strong social network, when you hit hard times, there's always somebody there to help you anyway. Um, but if, you, if you've abandoned those relationships in, in pursuit of money, then you better keep moving because now you're going to have nothing if you hit hard times. So I think those things also need to be considered when you're talking about financial freedom and freedom per se in any capacity. Okay. Um, now, now you don't you don't agree with the word. Yeah, the word financial freedom is kind of. I I started swapping it now, so I see now look towards 
more financially confident. What do you think about Matilda, financial confident? Do you think it's a good word? Uh, I think it's a very good word because as um, Carla was saying, and as we've seen it so many times, when is enough? I think when you have a lot of people, when they have, um, when they start making money and uh, they want, I don't know, 10,000, then the 10,000 is not enough. Then they want 20, then they want, I don't know, 100, and then goes on and on and on uh, because then greed comes in. I think it's very important to understand what is your relationship with money. Why do you need money? Because money doesn't give you happiness. Well, being poor doesn't give you happiness either. So being a balanced human being with balanced attitude and appetite for money. It's a very crucial point here. And I think um, it's something that maybe if we've learned from our school time in our high school or in, uh, I mean, even maybe from kindergarten, maybe we will understand that better. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I mean, my school never taught me that. So you understand it differently, maybe. And also culture is very important. In certain cultures, for example, in Europe, people um, people uh, go to work so they can leave. But in America, people leave to go to work. So it's a very um, different dynamic of what, how and how much people are willing to work for how much money. Um, okay. Can I jump yeah. in there, Lisa? Yeah, um, jump in there. What, yeah, what I'd say about freedom, um, I refer back to Africa, and this probably goes for a lot of places, developing places in the world, where you have your own land and you can build your own house, and the government's not on your back because you live out rural, and you probably live in years, you probably live in like that, like your family's lived for thousands of years. I would argue, because you're a subsistence farmer or you live with nature, you are financially free. Okay, yeah, I think we lost Simon there. Yeah, go ahead, Nelson. Yeah, so right quick, um, I think it's important uh, that we get some definitions here, right? We're collapsing, and everyone does this, right? So we're collapsing financial freedom and financial independence, and we're using those two terms interchangeably. So I'm just going to read out here the definition of financial independence is, is what we want, the basics taken care of and a little bit extra. That's financial independence, the basics taken care of and a little bit extra. And then financial freedom is all of that. And I'm using really like get it down words, right? Financial freedom is we get the basics taken care of a little bit extra and an upgrade. All right. So that's the difference. All right. It's like, hey, I can go on vacation. I'll fly coach and I live large and I can spend three weeks there or I go on vacation. I fly business class and I live large when I'm there. Right. They're both free, like but we got two different levels of free. Right. So um, so so that right there. And something that Matilda said is that in some places you live to work, right? But part of that is also not just money for money's sake, it's to produce. You feel, I feel good when I produce, when I create, when I can, you know, make something, I can create something. And part of my compensation is I feel good about it and I help people, but I also get paid. And that in turn gives me more freedom or gives whoever it is more freedom. So, so there's a difference okay. between the, the one that's working because I'm greedy. That's kind of the rat race one. I want another car, but then they, they got a lease on the car. You see, that's the rat race. And then you have the other one, which is I'm financially free and I can do something like Elon Musk. Or I can do something like, and I'm going to mention that name, Bill Gates, who says, you know what? I got so much money and I got so much time. I want to take care of global problems like Elon Musk does, too. So there's a difference between those two. One is internal, you, the other one is external. Do you do do you have a figure? Let me call you out, Nelson. Do you have a figure in mind for you to be like financially like independent or more confident? I know it down to the penny. 
I know it down to the penny. And I guess the question we should all be asking ourselves is, how far away are we from that number, which is different from everyone? And for everyone, it's different. You know, some people may have a champagne taste. They got a lemonade budget, just like she finally speaks. Some people may have a champagne budget, but they love drinking lemonade. You see what I mean? It, it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. Let me I give you an example. Champagne. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, love this champagne. champagne. I like uh, the champagne, but unfortunately, I have a lemonade <laughs> budget. <laughs> no. But um, I have a vision, and I'm working on my mm. vision. <laughs> Good. That's what we that see. That that see. That is the intention of this of this conversation today, for us to be more aware of. If we, we need we need to start planning, because the world was just rocked upside down by COVID, and you never know what's around the bend. So, start planning towards something. If you need to start looking at your finance, getting more more financial education, it's everywhere online. You can search it. You can Google it and go get yourself some financial education and you know um carla just as we're running up one last word from you yeah i i also think it's important to think about character and whether or not it is useful for you to have any extra money and if you have extra money if you're not in that situation or you're reaching that point i think you have to have a plan about what you're going to do with it and I think it's very tempting now for us to strive after more money and to strive for a certain lifestyle without really thinking about how our character is going to impact that money once we get it. And if I use, for example, things like um, lifestyle issues like drugs, drinking, partying and living in excess, those character, those are, are down to character traits. And if you have those habits, it wouldn't matter how much money you earned, you would burn through it. And we see this. We've seen examples of this here in the UK where people have won the lottery and they've won like five million and you would think wouldn't you that if you we would probably say if i won five million that's it i'd be set for life but actually people can blow through that in a year they can blow through that in two years by just buying anything they want doing anything they want and not really thinking about the future and that's down to character so if you're going to invest money before you invest money you have to invest in your character that would be my final word yeah that is great so yeah, for, for 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 those of you who are listening to us right now, who, who may be watching us on a later date or on the rerun, what we are saying here, if you think that you you want to live a certain lifestyle or you want to be more financially confident, start creating something, start doing, start doing. We have a host of podcasters here who can actually like speak to this for you. And um, yeah, Nelson. Two things. One is uh, from Mao Mao Love. Financial freedom means being able to achieve and meet all of my goals now and in the future. Uh, from Mao Mao Love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Matilda. What say you? So where can we follow up on you on your personal podcast? Well, my podcast, Coffee with Matilda, Journey to Self, it's on all the podcast platforms, Facebook and also YouTube as well. Kala. Okay. Kala. Yep, and I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is a podcast for parents and teachers of kids between the ages of 5 and 14 years old, and you can find me everywhere just to Google. Nelson? Okay. Um... All right. Well, before I say anything, uh, I want to say fantastic haircut that Matilda has. So y'all got to watch this. I want to congratulate Matilda on her new haircut. Okay. I want to say at the beginning, I was mesmerized by it. Okay. Uh, we're going to be selling Matilda postcards. Um, okay. So investing in America. All right. Where we talk about how to invest in the United States, specifically U.S. real estate. We have episodes on that, interviews with with people who've done incredible things in real estate throughout the whole cycle of a real estate investment and also entrepreneurs as well. Their best practices are great stories. And just to say this, for me, financial freedom and independence means I can eliminate financial threats, right? The elimination of financial threats and the ability to have surplus in my life, 
not just financial. I have other types of surplus. So, um, so there. Back to you, Victor. Yeah, great. And um, Simon just dropped off. Me, my notice him just now. Just dropped off. He has some technical issues. So, yeah, he's gonna be back with us next week, and also with um, with Carla. She's gonna be back with us next week, and also I'm Victor Sio, your host for today, the host of Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast, whereby we speak, we talk to Africans and Caribbeans who are um, already nine to five, and they're looking for ways to live a lifestyle of more freedom in their life, have time with their wife, the family, and you know, be the boss of their own life. So that is me, and I'll say. Yeah, and also, you can also check Simon's podcast, African Investing Stories, and also Taxi Chronicles. And um, Hala's one is... Um, Women with Hala's Stories. One? Women with Stories. So both of those podcasts, you can see them on all platforms, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, um, yeah, iTunes. So check them out, and um, they'll be with us next week. So from now on, we say... Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah.